0: Hazley Cush is the boss behind one of Queensland's top property management businesses living here, principal of Ray White New Farm in Spring Hill, a columnist for News Corp and one of the state's favourite auctioneers. But perhaps in a sliding doors moment, none of this would have happened if a kids' TV host hadn't renewed his contract. Welcome to the greats.
1: Being part of something that started over 116 years ago, in the humblest of beginnings. United by a set of family values that have been unchanged since 1902. That separates us from everybody else. Ray would be proud of what we've done. We've become
0: a big company. Best advantage in being big is that we have the capacity to bring so much more back to you. Hayes,
1: thanks for joining the Grace Welcome. Thank you. Great, Great name
0: there is no one quite like you how would your mum describe you
1: how would my mum describe hmm. me oh look she she's a very typical mother of boys so mothers of boys in their eyes their boys can do no wrong so i imagine she'd be she'd be pretty proud of both charles and i um, both uh, you know both i've just turned 40 charlie will be 40 this year so you know we've both settled into our lives now with a good rhythm and 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 had the success that we were chasing so i reckon she'd be pretty proud she'd say good things and uh, and she can take a fair bit of the credit for that i think
0: well i'll tell you what she said okay. later because <laughs> i did have happen to have a bit of a yarn with her I uh, take oh, us cool. back to the five-year-old hazley kush pre-awards and recognition and the multi-million dollar sales all that <laughs> sort of jazz what were you like as a kid
1: oh i would have been fairly energetic i would have been a bit of a handful um I would have, uh, yeah, I, I would have liked to be the centre of attention. I would have liked things done my way. Uh, I would have been a bit of a diva. I don't think much has changed since <laughs> uh, I was a five-year-old, to be fair. <laughs> you pretty much just grown. Just the same.
0: <laughs> right. Um, bit less hair.
1: Bit I less hair. Right Always there. had a big face.
0: Uh, you started out in the family business, Ray White Maruka,
1: with yeah, your mum, with Jude. mum. Uh,
0: but I hear that you started your real estate education... Way back in primary school, when you used to guess the value of your mum's <laughs> listings, and she tells me that you were pretty spot on as well.
1: Yes. Yeah, well, we were raised as kids of real estate agents. So anyone that's listening to this that has kids, uh, obviously, that real estate agents or their parents were kids would certainly know that at night time, uh, when, when my parents were divorced or when I was with mum... Uh, we'd be in the back of the car, so she'd be inside doing the listing presentation. We'd be in the car doing our homework or eating our dinner, and uh, so you did get pretty good at valuing properties back in those days. We'd drive with her if she was dropping stuff in letterbox or listing presentations off, and uh, yeah, you watch a lot of it. You tend to be pretty good on the values.
0: So the education started real early. Yeah,
1: it did, and and you know a real real appreciation for the fact that it's a uh, it's a full time gig. You know, it uh, it takes the support of a family. It's an after hours uh, job and, uh, and I, that wasn't lost on me and that's been a key part of helping our, my career and our team's career develop in accepting that that's just the way that it works and trying to shortcut that um, will, 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 not, will not lead to a successful path in our game, you know. It's a full-time gig.
0: Yeah. You had a bit of a sliding doors moment, I hear, straight after school. <laughs> when you went for a gig... As a kid's TV host,
1: what mm. happened? I desperately wanted to be a TV star. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, and I auditioned for uh, a TV show called Saturday Disney, which was a national show based out of Brisbane, but it was live each week. I auditioned for a few months, and that was my dream job. So I was effectively told I had the job. Mom and my stepdad, we went up, up the mountain, met with the producers of Channel 7. I said, see you later to any... Thoughts of ever going to uni, which I was only going to go and study acting anyway. And, uh, and the reply came a couple of months later that the current host had renewed his option in the contract and uh, it was a live show, so they just needed a backup. So I was left on the cutting <laughs> editing room floor, devastated uh, as a 17 year old. And uh, mum gave me a job in the meantime. And that meantime is still going. There you go. 22 years later.
0: Was it, uh, was it James Curley, one of our other auctioneers who, were, who was on Saturday Disney? I, it might have been, you yeah. Did he steal your thunder? Was it him? Well, he
1: was, I was trying to steal <laughs> his thunder, if it <laughs> yeah, was him. Yeah, right. And, uh, well, I, I don't remember who the boy's name, but I know he was the school captain of Gregory Terrace. Right. He was much loved, much better pedigree, <laughs> much better stock than me. And, uh, and so, yeah, they, they landed back in his favour and he kept the gig. All right, so
0: deciding to become an auctioneer, was that
1: a forced decision? (laughs) Deciding to be an auctioneer was a settling of that creative outlet (laughs) and the fact to pay bills. But one of the good things was settling into real estate in the Maruka in the 90s gave me a a love of buying property as well as selling real estate. So I bought a property quite young and uh, and it was a cheap property, a board based on affordability and so I was studying for, I was rehearsing for a show at the time, which I was still trying to still be an actor. And we had to rehearse one Saturday. And I remember I was about twenty. And the the director said, "So we've got to all go rehearse this Saturday." I so I can't rehearse rehearse Saturday. I've got open houses, and he <laughs> said, "Well, you need to decide whether you want to be an actor or a real estate agent." And I remember that day very clearly. And I went, "Well, I got a mortgage to pay, mate." So it was the the. The, the settling was, okay, well, I'm going to be a real estate agent now because I want to pay the bills and I'll get that creative outlet through auctioneering. Yeah. And so far, so good.
0: So far, so good. How many years on now? At yeah,
1: 20, about 22. So that was 96 then. when I started and I think it was about 99 when I finally gave up or eight when I gave up on the acting. It's
0: never too late.
1: No, you're right. No, yeah.
0: They have mature late. actors. Look at Alf from Home and Away.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a, what a role model. <laughs> Oh, it's true.
0: (laughs) Hey, do you remember your first auction? Was it that row of uh, housing commission properties at Maruka?
1: No, that was my scariest auction because I had a set of bikies who really wanted to buy that. No, my first auction was for John McAvoy in Annalee, and there were three people in the room. And uh, back in those days, uh, well, it was my first auction. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. And I put on a bit of a show for the three people in the room. And I'm sure they must have thought that young kid was high. You know, <laughs> I, was, I was going for it like there was a thousand people in the room. And, you uh, know, and, uh, passed it in, and, and that was the first one. And then went on from there. But that was that one for the big row of houses between the Ipswich Motorway and the uh, National Freight Line. There's one strip of houses down at Rockley or Marook on the cusp there. And uh, yeah, we had everyone. Uh, bidding to buy that. and it was That was a cracking auction, but I did think I was going to get uh, locked in the boot on the way to the car afterwards.
0: <laughs> did the bikers buy it?
1: No, they didn't. They didn't buy it that day. Uh, they just threatened to. Yeah, no, I want to go on record. and say the lovely people, and <laughs> if any of them are listening now. Uh,
0: <laughs> are you still the only person to win the REIQ Auctioneer of the Year award every time you've entered?
1: Ooh, every time. Now, that might be the last thing that I've got. Once upon a time, it was the only person to win it three times. Yes. Then it was, uh, and then that was done. I think Jason Andrew did that, and then I think Justin Nickerson did that. So I think I might be the only one to have won it every time, wearing a blue suit with my hair parted <laughs> to the right.
0: Named Hazley Cush. Named Hazley yeah, Cush. Right. Named
1: after a Trinidad and Tobago runner.
0: All right, let's. <laughs> what?
1: Oh, that's the Hazley.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Um, we won't go into that. No. We don't have time. Uh, pivotal moments in your career, talking awards. But it might not be it might not be when you're on stage. it might be an auction at the local you know corner store that's meant to order. Uh
1: For the auctioneering side of it, winning, so I came back from overseas, Phil Parker, I went so I left real estate for about six months and sort of went travelling around the world, came back, and Phil Parker sat down with me, who's sort of been the greatest role model for me in auctioneering. And Phil, I said, oh, look, I just want to call auctions. I don't want to be a real estate agent. I, I really hate being a real estate agent. I'd rather just be an auctioneer. And he said, well, to be a good auctioneer, you've got to be a good auction agent, which was just poison to my ears. And uh, and then he dug deep into why I didn't like doing it. And the reason I didn't like doing it is because I was just bad at the job. I gave people poor service. I didn't work the hours that I needed to. And, um, and so... He gave me a couple of key things to do and then all of a sudden I loved being a real estate agent and it was mainly because I gave a good experience and then they gave me positive reinforcement and I loved that positive reinforcement <laughs> so I gave more good experiences and then I got to call my auctions along the way but I wanted to be... So key moments. Uh, beyond that, I became a good real estate agent and then Peter Campen, who was the CEO for Ray White, gave me a job as a trainer, what we now call a BDE for Ray White, but we used to call an associate, and I loved that, and that allowed me to experience all the Ray White offices. And then I went to enter the REIQ Auctioneer of the Year, and they said you can't. You're not an individual member; only your office is a member. So I had to sit on the sidelines and watch Phil win that year. And uh, and then I made it myself an individual member, and I went back the following year, and and I competed, and I won, and I still can't ever remember a feeling other than children and wives uh (laughs) better than when they read out my name on that day that I'd won I was so happy I was so pumped it was 2003 uh or 2002 sorry and so I went back and competed again the next year and that was great Phil and I went over to Auckland and competed in the Australasian auctioneering competition and I made the final for Australia and New Zealand over there which was which was great And so all of those experiences were good and I did that a few times. And so that, those two moments where I got to win that, when Phil gave me that advice, and when Peter Kampfin gave me that advice. Um, And then, you know, all the things since starting Ray White New Farm have been good along the way, you know. But uh, in terms of of moments, they're probably more sentimental than beyond those. Like out of awards, it's just uh, watching the development of agents along the way um seeing Matt Lancashire's rise from sort of um no name bad boy of real estate to a glowing golden haired child you know proud business owner father husband and great salesperson it's been great to watch his career develop I've now got three kids of my own and the most supportive wife I could ever have imagined that I would ever would have be lucky enough to to marry and so those things are more sentimental along the way um but those early days in terms of awards, they were pretty fun.
0: You were know. you stoked that first time because you were surprised?
1: I think because... I think, you know, to sound humble, I'd have to say I was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> it was because I just, you know, I just really wanted it so badly. I'd had to... I'd primed myself to compete the year before. I couldn't do that. And in those days, you couldn't call auctions till you were 21. So I'd called charity auctions for free all around the city... From the age of 18 to 21, so for four years, most Saturday nights, at, and not the big good gala event, I'm talking the a Legacy used to do a 1,000 lots on a Sunday. So I'd sit there from 9am in the morning until 5pm in the afternoon and call a 1,000 auctions for free just to get the practice in. I'd do school charity auctions, I'd do kindergartens, I'd do garage sales for people just to practice. So by the time I competed in that auction comp, I'd probably only call 20 house auctions. But well over a thousand charity auctions, and I still would do one to two, um, at least one charity auction on average a week, uh, and I love calling them. But I was ready, you know, like it was, and so it just felt like I put my mind to it. I'd try, you know, done everything I needed to do, and uh, and I got I got the just rewards, and I was really very. I remember driving back, it was announced on the Gold Coast, driving back from the Gold Coast, and I just had this smile on my face. I was in the car by myself that I couldn't wipe off. And it must have just been, I was just really proud that it had happened. Yeah,
0: it's great. Good story. Um, <laughs> Pre auction rituals, warm ups. I know you do the yibbida yabbida yeah, stuff, yeah. Do you have any tongue twisters that you roll through. Yeah.
1: So I do that. I do, I, I trill. So. You know, get push the vocal folds out. I take bromelain, which is a extract um, from pineapple. It's a natural steroid for the vocal folds. I, I take told that every you about day. That. Where did that come I from? I got that from a speech pathologist for the uh, from the con from the Queensland Conservatory. Works with the opera singers. Um, sometimes I'll do a couple of tongue twisters. So if you want to have a go, whether you're in the car at home, you can try. You could try "mand mm-hmm. red leather, yellow leather, three times fast." Want to have a go? Yeah. Red leather, yellow leather, go.
0: Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. That's not bad. Okay. I had a
1: pause though. You can try Irish wristwatch three times fast.
0: I feel like I'm going to swear accidentally. No, no,
1: no. you Irish wit. Yeah, <laughs> Irish wristwatch, Irish wristwatch, Irish wristwatch. Now here's the one, the best one. One smart fellow, he felt smart five times.
0: One smart fellow, he felt smart. One smart fellow, he smelt fart.
1: Oh, that's... Oh, <laughs> that you were setting me up. He, what did he smell? So, it, do it, you do this to the kids? I do, it definitely car, do it to yeah. the kids. Damn yeah, it, I, I fell it.
0: for it. Uh, I love it. Uh, body language expert. Now, you're a columnist for News Corp. And, uh, and you had a great piece, I think it was about three years ago, a colleague of mine, Alex Tilbury, mentioned where you said that the, there was some signs that a buyer wanted to buy or or wasn't interested at auction and it had to do with a handbag
1: over a lap. Does that ring a bell? Oh, that doesn't (laughs) immediately spur on the memory. (laughs) But I will tell you, when you stand out the front and you look at the crowd, uh, so the more auctions you do, the more that what's coming out of your mouth is just autopilot. So what the crowd hears um, is not what the mind's thinking. So you're really disengaging. Your mouth is just rolling through the numbers, but you are really looking at who's talking uh, in the crowd. It might not be the bidder that's currently bidding, but there's there's someone else that's having a conversation that looks a little bit intense. And buyers tend to engage, if they're not savvy, around the numbers that they want to pay. They don't tend to start at five if they want to pay a million. Sometimes the savvy people will, but the vast majority will just sit back and chill until it starts to get to their numbers. And then they'll start to panic because they don't want to see it go beyond their numbers. So they want to either get in and slow it down or participate. And so when they're talking and engaging, you want to start to talk to them, you know, and, and eye contact. Eye contact in a public environment for people. yeah, you know, It absolutely shocks me that there are people who are more scared of public speaking than they are of heights or flying. or Like, I could think of nothing better than public <laughs> speaking. I <don't laughs> hate talking to, like, you in alone without a crowd. This is the worst place on <laughs> earth for me. I want to be in front of a thousand.
0: Sort of opened the oh, door. yeah.
1: So... But if someone's in that environment and you're comfortable and you say, what do you you know, do you want to pay another fifty? Or you know, would you like to pay fifty? They're vulnerable to say yes. Uh, and simply asking those questions, it's not aggressive, it's not it's it, it's very polite, it's just public. And you can start to get engagement from them. or simply uh, you want to pay another fifty, they say, Oh w- would you take twenty-five? No, I won't. Would you pay fifty? Mm. Uh, oh yeah, okay, well, because they don't want the eyeballs mm. on them. Uh, Body language is pretty obvious, though. When you're standing at the front and looking at them, you know, there is, um, you know, if, if, if I'm thinking of the right moment, if someone's holding a bidding card, it is not that uncommon for one of the parties to grab the bidding card and disagree with the bidding strategy of the other person. So one person's saying, bid, 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 have a bid, let's bid, let's bid. And the other one's going, no, not yet. And they just get jack of waiting and grab the bidding card and then they have the bid, you know. Or similarly, one person's bidding too much and the other person's fighting to get it off them. Uh, so yeah you don't need to be a body language expert mm. but language expert at that part but yeah maybe watching what they're doing can help
0: mm. i'm conscious of time yep. because i did steal you out of a training session uh so uh you and your brother let's let's go back to charlie who charlie was mentioned Grant. at the start and we'll yep. touch on your mum as as well uh, you grew up uh known as the brunswick street boys
1: Wow, did she say that? She did. No, I don't know. I would say we were in Tarragindi. Charles was in a band called the Gindi because we were from Tarragindi on the south side, Maruka and Tarragindi. She probably would prefer it was the Brunswick (laughs) Street Boys. But we did, we used to walk Brunswick Street when we lived in Oxley Drive at 5 a.m. in the morning with the local um, hard at work. People who used to stand on the streets of Brunswick Street in those days, yeah. and we would all walk home. We'd have a half a hard night out at the nightclubs, and they'd had a hard night out on the streets <laughs> of New Farm. So maybe that's where she got that from. Yeah,
0: right back in the day. Mm. Hey, uh, you mentioned your family, your wife, your kids, and juggling that, and how family's priority. How do you manage, Hayes, running New Farm, Spring Hill, and living here uh, successfully? because they are all successful, Mm. plus raising three little tots and your wife's still around. (laughs) Yeah, I know.
1: I think I was really fortunate to be an 18-year-old in an industry where there wasn't a lot of young people. So I would have been the youngest person by, let's say, young in those days was 30 in property. So if the industry was between 30 and 60, then all of your role models were doing one of a few things. So they either weren't successful, So I got a really good look at how being a bad real estate agent looked like. And that was they didn't work very hard. Uh, Or I got a good look of how being a bad business owner looked like. uh, And they didn't care for their people. And they made it all about them. And I saw lots of marriages break down. Uh, um, And and that was because they were uh, either being selfish, careless, in terms of their marriages or with their family life. So because I got to see all of that with a front row seat, well, it would have been a waste of time to not learn the lessons from those people who uh, whose lives were not in a great place because of it. So I've got a really tight structure. Uh, I run a really, really tight calendar. And I definitely think I got that from mum. Uh, my dad, I think, is very organised in that regard as well. but. I will, if you look at my calendar, it is jammed from Monday morning, you know, and I know that in life I need exercise, so from 5.30 Monday morning, I'll train. I'll go home, I'll um, maybe listen to the ABC, I'll get an idea of global events, uh, and then I'll spend time with, I'll make my kids breakfast, um, and then I'll take Vivian to school, so I have that time with her then. The day is structured to the second, if anyone wants to see me, it goes in the calendar, It finishes, I try to be home every night unless I've got auctions or a a meeting between 6.30 and 7.30 so that I can put the kids down. So I get that time with them to put them down and read them a book. Then back working after 7.30. And I have set things like that where I'll get the kids to school or to kindy one one or two days a week. Um, If there's something at school, like a sausage sizzle, I'll make sure that I can do that. Again, it's in the calendar, so it happens. But there is no wasted time there's no there is nothing in my day that if there's white space or what we allocate we call unallocated un- time someone will fill it for me mm. um and similarly we have this i have the same structure then with making sure that i spend time with alicia making sure that our biggest challenge today is to not be so victim or not victims not be so tied to our phone so uh the you know, to keep the phone as far away when you've got that time. And if I can call an auction and not check my phone, then surely I can have dinner with my kids and not check my phone or have a conversation with Alicia and not check my phone. We keep Sundays sacred and now we book a break uh, at least once every six weeks. Now, that might only be one or two nights, might be a week. um, But the rest of the time, I, I, I can't say I could never do it without the support of Alicia. Her support... Is overwhelmingly good uh, she she's a role model to other partners in our group that she just gets on with it mm-hmm. um, and I know that that's a gift that I've got I'm very fortunate to have it and so I make sure I don't take it for granted because I've seen people who do and and the casualties of that the kids and me so yeah but it takes it I mean it's a full-time gig mm-hmm. and and if you're not running really tight structure, I don't know how anyone could do it without running tight structure. There are things that have to be done, and if they're not locked in, if people don't get to spend time with you, wife or husband, children, staff, other managers, clients, customers, um, then you're not adding value to them, and they're not going to make it, they're not going to add value to you. So I, I we work on a I want to give the people that need it genuine, valuable, authentic time when I meet with them, and then they will respond by supporting us in the way that, that they can.
0: Mm. Speaking of time. Time. Ours is up. Great. Uh, FYI, your mum, Jude, uh, said that you're one of the most generous people oh, that that's she knows, nice. wrapping it up. This Hayes, thank nice.
1: you. Thank Where you. Where can people
0: catch you if they want to get in touch?
1: Uh, they just email me, h c u s h h cush at raywhite.com and uh, we'll get back to them.
0: Easy. Thanks, Hayes.
1: Thanks, Thanks, man. Mm-hmm.